<laughs> I wonder if everybody who was on our show or we were on their show, if they're prepared for the amount of burps that you do. <laughs> just... Listen, it's part and, of the package. It, it's funny, MJ this. and I, we just don't even react at this point. <laughs> the Nerd or Not podcast is an irregularly aired show about games, movies, TV, comics, theme parks, and anything else that floats our fandom. And now, here's your hosts, Jay, Bob, and Corey, the Creighton's Guild. Hello, Creightons, and welcome back to episode 43 of the Nerd or Not podcast. You I, do that just to make me shit my pants. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I leaked a little bit myself. Right, I was so. gonna say you don't have to try right now. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's force of habit. It just comes out when it wants to. <sighs> and now I need to change. Were you watching me earlier? Because I think that's the exact same thing I did. If that wasn't awkward enough. Uh, I'm Bob. He's Corey, and we give our opinions on a range of topics, everything and anything under the bright nerd sun, including our bowel movements. Technically, apparently. I wasn't watching you because I never partake of my own product. <sighs> I sell the tapes. That's a smart idea. I don't feel sorry for them. Okay. They know what they're buying. And we do this all <laughs> while promoting fellowship, conversation, and humor, and poop jokes every chance we get. By the way, we are part of the Somebody's Network. You can look us up at Somebody's Nets on Twitter. They also have an Instagram account. And from what I've been seeing over the past uh, two, three weeks, the Somebodies have been all over the place. Like, we just had, on episode 42, we had Ripkin and we had B-Rob from the Random Rob podcast on this. We a talking. lot of incestuous talent swapping we've got going I'm, on this week. Well, yeah. And then... Yeah. Um, let me see, uh, Patsy and uh, his gang, they were on the Derailers, and the Derailers were on the Throwdown Thursday podcast. Uh, I'm just trying to remember everything else. Oh, yeah, and then I was on Secret Transmission. We were talking about uh, dirty mystery stuff at Disney. That was a pretty cool fucking show. I yeah, I, I actually so. had a lot of fun with that yeah. one. I, I really hope that, you know, I know that Orlando is an expensive place for people to visit, but... We got the hotel space, guys. If any of you want to come on down, we'll have like a somebody's convention. It would be really yeah, cool. Yeah, we got an empty basement. It's nice and cold down there. Not during the summer. Well, that's true. And it's usually flooded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, Corey and I were also on the Derailers podcast. That was a clusterfuck, that to was, say the least. Oh, it was a clusterfuck to everybody else. To me, it was the epitome of this shit. It was... Yes, all in, of the shits. In, in France, they would have called it lay shits. The shites? Or some parts of Canada, even. That's right. Oh, that's, oh yeah, the mm-hmm. Ontario area. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know where in Canada they are, but I guess close enough where they don't know French. <laughs> but they do know the sacred language of the leaf, apparently. And not the maple leaf, that's for damn sure. Yeah. It wouldn't be more appropriate if they like swapped that icon out for something else. Oh, you know what? I think we've joked about this before. Have we? Yeah. Because oh, okay. <laughs> there was like, I don't know what it was. It was either a wrestling promotion uh-huh. or some rap concert or something was going on in Canada. And they had like these five pointy leaves all over the, the, mm-hmm. the promotion poster. Yeah. And we pointed out those aren't maple leaves. <laughs> all right. Sorry for, sorry for resuscitating uh, used material. Well, Come uh, before the end of September, it's all going to be legal up there. Nice. Well, congratulations to our northern neighbors. Now send some down. May the good times continue. 
Send that ham on down. And so we were on the derailers. Oh God, yeah. And that was uh, was that was that pretty much it. Well, is that the extent of our glad handing in the somebody's <laughs> network, where the somebody's temporarily became the everybody's? If we ever get invited again, we'll know whether or not it was a su- su- success su- or not. Success. It was a success. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Let's, let's not get hung up on a word this time because how many inserts did you have? To oh edit my! <laughs> <laughs> that was what was that two podcasts ago? Two which podcasts was probably ago. three months ago. Three hundred inserts Insert. ago. <laughs> Insert. See, I didn't even do it this time. No, I'm abstaining. I'm being a good kid. No, you're not. Well, prove it. I can't. I know you can't. Yeah. So what else happened in the last uh, week or so? We had that big old collection of humanity in San Diego known as Comic-Con. Oh, the glut of fartars. Oh, yes. my God. The the one weekend a year where the cos- professional cosplayers just glad they have a paycheck. I don't know. A lot of the professional cosplayers have jobs in, in costuming outside of their hobby. Yeah, that's usually the that's truth. That's how they yeah. segue into it. How about the three days out of the year where non-professional cosplayers can hold Congress with professional cosplayers and not feel like they're out of place? They're with their kin. That they're with their kin, yes. I like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I dig it. Where the, there's a higher collection of their fellow-minded people, mm-hmm. and not like their tiny little convention at the community centers that yeah. they go to. Such is the uh, such is the uh, kinship and the uh, siblinghood of the global cosplay community. Like those people are serious about that too. I know. I mean, well, there some of them are. There mm-hmm. are some people that won't spend more well, than five ten dollars on their costume. Yeah, I mean, well, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that's me, and you know what? It hey, looks, you make it work. You're, yeah. Look up his Instagram. Do you have your Lupin? I don't have any of the Lupons or any of the suited stuff. But the thing is that, like, I can make it work because, and as much shit I give myself about other things, I know how to wear a suit. So that's why. I- <laughs> I don't know. I don't even have to think about it. I just like get into a suit and suddenly I look like 10, 200 times better. I so, can put my pants on. Exactly. You know what? Here's a Windsor knot, bitch. That's right. This is one of the good <laughs> things to deal with. This is one of the good things I know how to do. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> anyway, no, I don't have my Lupin or, um, uh, I know the Mib's kind of a cheap one, but, uh, I don't have any of that stuff on Instagram. Oh, God. I need to, I need to drag it out of the closet at some point, though. It's a couple of the doctors. Costume. I know how to do doctors. Yeah, Those well, pretty well. At yeah. least two of them. <laughs> uh, what? Which? Twelve and nine. Twelve. Oh, nine. That's yeah. the other one. Yeah, I remember you're you're twelve because mm-hmm. I remember you hunting for the coat, which yeah. was, uh, it, worked. it worked. It worked. It was up and down. It it is really snug up and around here, so uh, so it's you can't like slip in and out of it. Yeah. But supposedly they made like a uh, like a, a higher grade one out of better, better materials or at least better oh. measurements. But it's like 200 bucks. Holy. And that you might as well just get an actual crombie for that much money. <laughs> anyway. What kind of shoes were those? I'm, you know, we're still on the cosplay. We're I'm still just, on the cosplay yeah. thing. And I can tell you exactly what kind of shoes they wore. The first season eight, I believe, was the first appearance of 12. Those were yeah. not Doc Martens. Those were Lokes Broke boots. I kept thinking they were Docs, no. but I'm not very shoe savvy. So, um, the, well, the thing is, is that like people were the thing about Lokes is that they were uh, part and parcel with the suede head uh, fashion movement that was a subculture of you know that era of punk. Is that what you wear now? Because you have some shoes that look like they were made in England. 
Uh, I well, those Doc Martens. Oh, but they were English-made Doc Martens from like the mid. I think the early two thousand or late nineties. I mean, they look like hell. But the reason I still wear them is because they're good goddamn shoes. Wow. <laughs> they're holding up this long. My shoes don't last more than two years. Contrast that with the uh, Doc Martin boots that I bought a couple of years ago. Wow. Those were from really recent, but they were made in China. And they are they started to break down when I was in Chicago. So I don't wear them anymore. Ah, they can't handle the winter? They, they couldn't handle being worn. <laughs> <laughs> That's is, kind of detrimental. Is the problem, yes. <laughs> um, so he wore Lokes, Brogue style, uh, in the first, in the eighth season. Season nine, he actually did wear Docs. And season ten, I haven't paid that much attention to just yet. Um, Was that... The season where he wore basically like the the hoodie with a t- a white t shirt. Season ten. Uh, yeah. Well, they, at the beginning of season nine, they started doing the whole uh, uh, the whole suedehead grunge thing. Yeah, where which, he rides in on a Viking camp on a in a tank. Yeah, and uh, he's wearing pajama pants and the hoodie, but then a crombie over the hoodie, which bold choices, sure. <laughs> but I kind of I was like, I don't want them to like go back to go back to the clown dock, you know. But no. but then he like started dolling up in the uh, in the crimson like the uh, the velvet coat towards the end of that season and yeah. everything was okay again. Uh, it was a mix of the two in season ten again because by now he's got like all these options apparently. <laughs> um, but the shoes were still the same, um, kind of amorphous black boots. Couldn't tell what they were. Ah. Anyway, are we gonna get off of this? <laughs> Actually, you know what? That this is. Let's make a uh, segue, a little transition here, because right. we're, we're... We're talking about Comic-Con. Yeah, Comic-Con. Let's stay on the Doctor Who thing. Yeah. Because remember when we were making a mention of Capaldi, like, every episode, that was our thing? <laughs> Just make... Kind of like how the derailers constantly, on every episode, make a shout-out to because, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Because 12 was awesome, and he got... He was kind of mistreated here and there, even though season 9 was the tits. <laughs> um, but yeah, even during the 8th season, it was up and down. And 10 was even more up and down. Ugh. But we got a good couple of... Uh, we got a good couple of, like, properly written episodes out of them. And honestly, I think season 9 existing, we saw, like, 12 at his best. Because the other two seasons were mostly just promise. Yeah. You know? I mean, this... Basically, well, I fell in love with Capaldi right off the bat. I I, I thought he <laughs> he's my personal favorite Doctor, and with with uh, Eccleston being like a close second. Still, I know Eccleston's nine. your favorite. Still nine for me. Yeah. yeah, I know he's Jay's favorite. I'm I'm fine with that. That's mm-hmm. fair enough. I think uh, Capaldi was my personal favorite. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that like everybody listening to this show from its inception is quite aware of. <laughs> if you've been listening <laughs> since the very beginning. <laughs> I'm honestly, yeah, honestly, I'm surprised we haven't, like, kidnapped Capaldi just to be on the show for a little while. Don't let that idea out. All right. Do you have a, do you have I, a hyperactive, I got plans, aged man. I got, Scottishman, I like, got, in the back of your El Camino? I could always use another. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. But anyway, the new Doctor Who Why with, stop at one? Uh, why? There's 13 of them. <laughs> yeah. Thir- 14. 14, technically 14. now. Yeah. yeah. Oh! Jody Whittaker. Seg along to the next. All right. Whittaker? Whittaker? I think it's just Whittaker. Whittaker? Yeah. Whittaker? Whittaker. Yeah. Jody Whitt- I am butching her name, and I'm already a fan of hers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's t- technically in enumeration 13 because of the whole War Doctor toss-up. Right. Yeah. And that was, they actually, did they, uh, did they toss out the trailer at con? Or did, did was that they, one of those, like, pre-con teases? I think they did do a trailer at, at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. They did. Um, no, they not did. a whole lot to it. They did a trailer and a teaser. 
That's right. Yeah, it was more of a, a teaser, but I see what you're going with. Yeah. yeah. Well, they showed bits of the show. They in did. The trailer. Well, I mean, that's what a teaser is. Is like, here's a little bit. You just, it's okay. not not enough info to go off of. Right. But here's just maybe, maybe we should like come up with an acceptable categorization of both then, uh, or of either. Because when I think of a teaser, I think of like that bit that was a montage of her zipping in and out of people's personal lives and fucking with their uh, fucking with their everyday <laughs> beha- activity. You know, where like suddenly there's a pizza in an empty pizza box. And something else happens to some other guy. I guess some dude's flashlight came out pre-lubed <laughs> at some point. I think you're watching the Pornhub version of the Doctor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Dr. Poon. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. But yeah, that was what I'd call the teaser because they showed very little. They were just like, hey, guess who's in town again? Fucking with your shit. <laughs> it's the Doctor. This Time Lord. <laughs> Um, it's going to screw with your daily routine. Basically, we're going to watch. Okay. We, it doesn't matter what's going on. We're going to watch. We're going to give it a fair shake. We are not one of these fanboy jackasses. Eh, this looks like garbage. Uh, I'm not going to watch because it's a woman. All right. If, you, if you're saying that. If you are. If you are saying you're not going to watch Doctor Who just because it's a woman in the lead role. Um, welcome to 2018. Uh. Yeah, you, you need to <laughs> you, you need to settle down. It's uh, you were dealt a bad hand, and just keep your mouth shut. From what I have heard thus far, I mean, I'm not on Twitter anymore, so there's that. No need to publicize that any further. There wasn't a whole lot of a negative reaction anyway. There's going to be your extreme pockets of douchebaggery. It's Twitter. It, what are you going to do? It's going to happen regardless. It doesn't. It's not just exclusive with Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Just Twitter is the like the 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 biggest mouthpiece for these guys. But according to one of the um, uh, but one of the uh, the Nerdist panels that had Moffat and Shibnall and Whitaker on when the, when the announcement was made, there was very little in the way of like in of of unauthentically like bad vibe from the reactions going around. There was right. bad actors. Of course, because unfortunately people get off on doing that for whatever reason. Um, but honestly, I, I'm looking forward to it like a lot, perhaps like even more than 12's changeover, because I just want to see new texture on the show. Right. Moffat the- was clearly spinning his fucking wheels in the last season. And I think that whole like. With, yeah, I with saw it a few times. His his own experiences with social media began to discolor a lot of his writing. Well, that was happened way back when Matt Smith was in the Even role. with Matt Smith, yeah. Because of the like- whole. When the, because the whole wig thing, they had to go out of their way to poke fun at that. And there was all the uh, pot shots at Twitter and this stuff. And it's like, man, this is just so out of place. Stay on task. Just keep it up. And there are, there are a lot of times when he was able to, you know? I think I think, I think think Capaldi was able to kind of, like, help him refocus a lot of times. Yeah, I could see, I could see that through the acting and the writing, yeah. yes. But it was nowhere near as tight as his stuff during 10. Or his stuff during nine, for for that matter, it was nowhere near as tight as his uh, as uh, the Jekyll uh, show that he did. Oh yeah, it's certainly nowhere near the quality of the first two seasons of Sherlock. Yeah, so, something was going on, and I think uh, I think his interactions with the fandom was really starting to fuck with his uh, fuck with his work. What I have seen out of the fandom mm-hmm. uh, that I'm not sure I haven't really seen enough to. Well, uh, the the big thing that seems to be pissing people off is the sonic screwdriver. That she's going to use. Now, every, every every time they shoot, every time they redesign the screwdriver, it the dildo comments are going to be there. Yeah, because it's an oblong object. 
We can look beyond that. Why can't somebody be like, oh, that looks like an exploded grain silo? It looks like, well, no, because that doesn't have shock value, A, and B, (laughs) dick. Hey, sometimes uh, a sonic screwdriver is just a sonic screwdriver. Oh, very nice. Yes, thank you. Very nice, Freud. I will say, the first time I did see it, I did not see a sonic screwdriver. What I saw was the lightsaber of Count Dooku. Because it was in the the curved handle. Yeah, it had a curved handle and everything, which... Um, I don't care. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's such a thing. This is what needs to be, uh, this is what needs to be discussed about in fandoms. The difference between criticism and like losing your fucking filthy shit. Yes. Yeah. You can be, you can critique something. You mm-hmm. can't let it affect your way of life. Yeah. For, for my, uh, uh, for my, uh, for my two cents, I don't. Um, Honestly, I don't really care about the design of the screwdriver this time around. I haven't seen enough of it, for one. I've only seen that one single image. I mm-hmm. haven't seen anything in action. Maybe maybe it calls the TARDIS. Maybe it turns into the TARDIS. I don't know. That was the thing. Oh, d- did you notice that in the teaser? How, like, she just kept zipping in and out of the scenery instead yeah. of, like, the TARDIS showing up or anything? I saw a lot of fast-paced action that I really couldn't keep my eyes on anything. Have you noticed that we haven't seen, like, hide nor hair of the TARDIS? Except for that initial, like, graphic oh teaser from three months ago. Oh, God. Nowhere in any of the live footage is a blue box to be seen. Oh, boy. Well, I know when whenever we get a new doctor, unless his name is David Tennant, mm-hmm. they change the TARDIS. Yeah. Um, well, except for 12. They actually changed the TARDIS with 11, and then he moved in. Because, you know, he's a punk little shit. <laughs> he just threw, like, some Ikea furniture uh, underneath the pedestal. <laughs> And then threw a couple of used bookshelves up onto the, uh, the, uh, uh, the mezzanine. And that was like, okay, this fits. This totally fits with the character, by the way. Yeah. Because punks can fucking live anywhere. <laughs> can, I can, I can almost see him, like, scarfing down some Swedish meatballs from Ikea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they usually do change the TARDIS with, uh, with the changing of the guard. Right. Um, what I'm saying, when, it, when you first started mentioning that, I was thinking, oh God, oh God. Um, and I was thinking back all the way back to John Pertwee, where mm-hmm. they stranded him on Earth for a whole season. <laughs> because it broke down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. That was like the TARDIS has had enough of your shit. And I mean, that's when it, it that's when Doctor Who started to incorporate like some of the craziest thing, like the Who-mobile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Really? <laughs> okay, this guy who flies through interdimensional space, he has to drive around a little crappy Model T thing. Maybe he hasn't gotten his like autofile nut off at that point because you can't really. <laughs> Unless you're 10, apparently. You can't really take the TARDIS out for, you know, a a jaunty chase or anything (laughs) like that. Maybe who's going through, like, a pre-midlife crisis and where he's got to rebuild an auto. Oh, it was an early life crisis because that was just his third regeneration. Yeah, but he was how how old at that point? Yeah, what if his midlife, uh, what if his, like, identity crises are, like, fractional in nature because of his inconsistent aging? Ooh, that's a good point. I mean, that would explain why... um, McCoy, McCoy's doctor, he he wouldn't do anything. Yeah, he, that's he would right. always send the uh, the the um, yeah. the companion off to go kill somebody. He was a manipulator. Do you have any bombs in your back? Good, go blow them up. By the way, uh, this would be a good time to mention that um, you know how uh, Amazon had like the recent Who's for the longest time. Yeah, but when they got that license, they took off all the classic Who's from Hulu. Oh yeah, 
Why did Hulu not market the crap out of that, by the way? You could call themselves like Hulu, like W-H-U-L-U for... <laughs> Damn it. Oh, my God. You guys fucked up on that. Yep, anyway. that's a missed opportunity. That ball was dropped. Amazon picked it up. They've got all the classic Who's now. So I can start watching awesome. those again. Yeah. Oh, man, that's a lot to go through. I was going through... Well, the series are always short. It's like six episodes and they're done. It's it's until you get to 2005 that the series are like much more extended. Oh, you mean everything before... 2005? Yeah. All the old stuff Classic. minus the missing 100 episodes. Classic Who. Yeah. Yeah. Like the first uh, the first run of uh, number one, or, you know, the first Doctor was like six episodes of them fucking around with cavemen. Yeah. <laughs> and I got done with that. Um, and they just started getting into, I think, the uh, first appearance of the Daleks. So okay. right before I was about, I was about this, to sit down and watch that episode. And I remember exactly where I was. And then I looked and I was like, you mother... <laughs> You sons of... Oh, God. Oh. Sucking the spiky dick of a... What are the uh, fucking lizards called? Oh, shit. Nah, that's uh, not them. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I was... God I, damn it. I, I know exactly who you're talking about. Silurians. Oh. Is that them? I think you're right. I am? Alien, so, alien no, names no, the Sutarans, they were like the war war-like people. They were... Diminutive with the big heads. Yeah. Those guys were great, though. Yeah, they were. They go all pissed off little potato heads. <laughs> <laughs> I'll rearrange your face for real. <laughs> anyway. All right. Um, so the thing about uh, the Dr. Screwdriver that I wanted to mention, it kind of, I think it kind of harkens back to the uh, organic um, theme that the 910 TARDIS had going for it. And if you look at like that little textured pattern on the uh, on the handle of it, yeah. it matches the textured pattern that was on 10 and 9's screwdriver as well, like around the base of it. Did 10 get his own screwdriver or did he just carry over 9? It was borrowed from 9's, but it was, eff- it was effectively the same design, but there's some kind of lore attached to this. Okay. When when the first when the first uh, when Doctor Who started started up back again in two thousand five, yeah. of course they made a toy out of the screwdriver, but they had to make it in a way that would be able to accommodate all of the uh, on set functions because they swap out the screwdrivers uh, 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 live. You know, there's okay. no retracting or anything. So apparently, the prop master for the next season after Tenant uh, was swapped in looked at the toy and was like, "That's fucking brilliant. Why don't we just use this?" So oh. they built a prop, they built a usage heavy or a heavy duty version of the toy to use in production. So he was, he had a toy on set basically. Yeah, essentially. Okay. I love that. And it was still the same screwdriver. The only, the, the, I think the time when they started the whole swapping the screwdriver out for, and it was never made clear if it was a showrunner or the change of the doctor or whatever was with Matt Smith. Yeah. Because for the most part, the screwdriver's design changed or remained unchanged uh, all the way up until uh, the revival in 2005. God. And, and you know what? When uh, when Tennant stepped down, mm-hmm. I saw this recently that the uh, showrunners were actually considering uh, Tennant was so big, mm-hmm. so huge, that when he decided, okay, I want to step down, and they convinced him, all right, let's just do like these four or five specials for mm-hmm. a year. Yeah. They actually considered canceling the show. Because they were thinking, no, we can't do any better than Tenet. We should just stop now instead of crashing on our faces. That's, I mean, that's a good point. He was a really good doctor. Still not my favorite. So he clearly, was extremely popular. Yeah, there are other. I mean, the talent pool is not that limited. The thing about Europe, or at least the, uh, at least um, England showbiz, is that the talent pool is it's broad. 
But the thing about it is that, like, certain actors prefer working with other actors. Right. And that's why you see a lot of go-between with uh, English productions. That's why you see... Um, uh, what's the one guy that played uh, Roy in the in the, the IT crowd? Oh, I I know he uh, the uh, Arthur um... Arthur Digby Sellers. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I forget his name, but that's why you see him in a bunch of other shit, and it's the same story with Noel Fielding and um, uh, why Matt Berry's in a lot of sitcoms. I mean, okay. shit, he wasn't even supposed to be in the IT crowd. Uh, he it was he wrote him in in this, into the second season. Anyway, that's kind of off the beaten path. So fucking Doctor Who. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. Uh, we've gone on for about 20 minutes on Son Doctor Who. Son of a bitch. <laughs> as we, and the funny thing, Doctor Who wasn't even on our rundown. We yeah. decided to throw that in there. Oh, you're right. <laughs> so uh, I should say let's stick to the rundown. But, you know, that was a really good discussion. Uh, let, uh-huh. Let's talk about some uh, movie trailers that came uh, out right. during Comic-Con. Yeah, there, there, there was a fucking flood of them. Right, oh, Flood, Aquaman. How about that? We'll start there. Let's start with Aquaman. All yeah. Right. Flood with Flood it all. All right. So, trailer itself. Did it did it All right. First off, your opinion on the Aquaman character, not the movie, but the the char- the combo character. I, I I know it's cliché, but I don't fucking care. Okay. I mean, the last the last time I was interested in Aquaman was during the Peter David run, and that's only because David's such a such, such an amazing fucking writer that he was able to make this dog of a character interesting. But after that, I was just like, eh, okay. I'm not, I don't read Aquaman, so mm-hmm. I'm, I can't tell you everything about it. But I can tell you the for that short time period mm-hmm. uh, where he had long hair and a beard and he had his arm removed for a hook. That was Peter David. I thought that was pretty badass. Yeah. Like, they need to keep this. But then when New 52 rolled around, I was like, we're right back to the yeah. orange and green The classic type. look. Yeah, the classic look. The classic look that nobody really missed. Yeah. Um, oh, I should put a carrot next to this. Uh, okay, there's Peter David's Aquaman. Also, John DiMaggio's Aquaman from The Brave and the Bold. Oh, he was he was he was a he was a barrel of laughs. Okay. Um, but he was also a cartoon character. Okay, well, all right. So that aside, mm-hmm. the Aquaman trailer. What are you thinking? I'm interested because of two things. Um, a uh, James Wan, the director. People usually associate his name with that of Saw, but. If you've seen any of like any of his other like uh, ghosty shit or horror stuff that he did outside of Saw, yeah. he is a fucking wizard at world building. Like there's there's a movie that he did like in the late 2000s when he tried to get into more traditional horror called Dead Silence that got like torn apart in reviews. But while it was kind of a it was a ditzy flick, um, the the uh, the he casted he casted it really well. A and B, um, the world that he built around. The events around the screenplay was compl- was thoroughly enthralling. Like the whole idea of like an oops, like the whole idea of an abandoned vaudevillian show house that sunk into the swamp as uh, as as like a symbol for like the decay of the town that the movie takes place in was totally fucking Jake. And he does that. He does. He's really good with doing that in other movies. The Conjuring, the same way. Insidious. He made a gore-free horror movie like stupidly effective. And I kind of look forward to seeing how he's going to apply that to the superhero genre. So that's got me interested, at least. I want to see it. I will mm-hmm. say that much. I'm not. I'm afraid that this is going to. This movie is going to end with like a giant 20 minute CGI battle fest. And I, I wasn't exactly blown away by what I saw in the trailer so far. I mean, mm-hmm. it just. Uh, I mean, it, there's going to be a digital tour de force. It's modern day filmmaking, right? It's I, how you deploy those tools that makes the movie. 
Here's what I will say. The uh, the Aquaman character has such a stigma about him mm-hmm. that it's going to be a harsh uphill battle for this movie to succeed. I am that is not an endorsement of it that I want it to fail. I actually want it to succeed. Wonder Woman was fucking fantastic. Well, but Justice League, uh, not too good. Batman, not. Superman, not too good. <laughs> not too good. Not too good. <laughs> no one else knows that reference. There's people, there are some people in Florida listening to this. They're like, ah, oh, it's a John Blaine Billy call out. Yeah, some fi- 40 yeah. and 50 year olds in yeah, Fort Myers. Old dude. <laughs> 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 Why can't I eat barbecue anymore? Uh, <laughs> With the barbecue sauce. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. That, Deep fucking lore. Yeah. Here's, uh, here's, Same thing, though. It's Yeah. At this point, people should know that like we used to be super addicted to like local radio, like hot talk and shit, which is kind of weird. It was before the internet. Before, before the internet. There we, was nothing before the internet. What are you well, yeah, about? we'd wake up at 6 a.m. We'd uh, listen to the radio as we're getting ready for school that morning and yeah. we'd listen to these guys who were predated uh not really predated but they they were before the shock the shock jock uh, uh wave uh joe and stan were concomitant and i think they aped off of howard stern a little bit howard stern was the hottest thing on the block but yeah you know, uh, yeah they were like the local howard well, stern joe and, joe and stan was like the fucking gutter version of howard stern yeah as the- if howard stern wasn't like you know <laughs> Uh, Hote Couture enough. <laughs> These guys were... Okay, let me put it this way, okay? Howard Stern was New York. Joe and Stan were fucking Fort Myers. 100%. <laughs> Southwest Florida as a Astero. fucking... Astero. Yes. <laughs> they, were the, they were that... They were that town's counterpart to to the, the cosmopolitan ideal of New York. <laughs> this is how much we think of Aquaman. We, we're talking more about Joe and Stan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it, it well okay going back to Aquaman yeah because this isn't the fucking derailers ding <laughs> pop all right um you you you're talking about like how Aquaman has that stigma about him but the but the trouble with that character is that whenever anybody tries to write him up except for you know that the except for the series from the nineties they st- they stick him with like the most generic personality template that they have available. Or that they think they can shoehorn into his mythos, you know? You see, that's where I think Jason Momoa is actually going to help in this situation. Some dimensionality? Yeah. That'd be nice. He's, in my opinion, he had, the, the dude, like, bleeds charisma, but he's not a strong actor. Here's... I it, haven't... I, <laughs> the only thing I've really seen him in is Game of Thrones, Game and he's of, speaking in some foreign language in that. It's because nobody can recognize that language. Right. Yeah, it's, fade, it's fucking made up. Here's the thing. He had to play um, somebody of Hispanic descent in... A, the Bad Batch, which I'm pretty sure is a movie I've talked about before because it's not great. Um, and the accent he has in that is god fucking awful. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm not even... I <laughs> it's mean, like substitute teacher Spanish accent. Jesus, age Christ. Yeah. I mean, and it's not for lack of trying Ideas, to. mijo. Like, it's, it, wasn't like, it wasn't for lack of trying to. The dude was conveying his ass off. And was that more of him or more of... You were smirking watching him. I mean, okay. That's all I can say, yeah. <laughs> and it could have been him aping shit, I don't know. Cause, <laughs> he's doing it cause, for a check. Because the dude's a prankster, apparently. But uh, in a professional setting, mm, not not quite sure. So there's, that's Aquaman. Um, 
We've got glass. Glass. Like, now, as, like as far as left field shit goes. Yeah, that one. Wow. When when I first heard that glass was being made, and I actually saw a promotional poster for it, mm. I honestly thought this is fan made. There's no way this is real, because I had not seen um, Split, mm-hmm. and I did not know that. Um, Bruce Willis' character appears at the end of the movie. I, that's all been ruined for me. If I ruined it for you, I'm sorry. The movie's how old now? Yeah. But uh, either way, uh, I am really excited to seeing this because huge, huge, huge fan of Unbreakable. Uh, Loved yeah. Unbreakable. Yeah, I was... Because Sixth Sense is like the movie that uh, people say made him. And it was like... It was it was okay. Um, you know, I've never <laughs> seen Sixth Sense. Really? Uh, about three days before I was planning to go see it, Mm-hmm. which was probably two weeks after it had been out. Uh, somebody just randomly spoiled it for me, and I was so angry. It's not a whole lot to be spoiled there, though. The thing about that movie that... I didn't know anything about the movie, though. The, the, well, here's the thing that kept me away from it for such a long time. People kept talking about there being a big twist at the end. And that was before... That was the movie that created like the twist trend of the early 2000s, yeah. remember? Yeah. And um, I'm like, okay, well... He's talking to a kid who's supposedly uh, clairvoyant and can talk to ghosts and dead people. And he's talking to... Oh, Bruce Willis is the dead guy. Oh, sorry if I spoiled that movie, by the way. It's only 20 fucking years old. <laughs> um, Statute of Limitations is over on that So, one. So I like I saw the trailer for it. And I kept seeing the trailer for it. And people kept talking about how it changed uh, narrative uh, convention and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay. If Bruce Willis ends up being dead at the end of this movie, I'm gonna, just going to write it off. But... There were strong performances. I mean, it made Haley Joel Osment into, well, not what he is now, Haley but what he, was, what he was for a good five years. Um, <laughs> Bruce Willis turned in at the time was a very unexpected performance because people knew him as an action guy before then. Right, and it was a dramatic movie. Yeah, and, and in some cases, uh, playing like a, a spoofy template of himself in other movies. But um, this was the first time I'd ever seen him do that. And it was like, okay, this is pretty good. But, you know, the writing was just like, ah. This is really straightforward. Unbreakable, though, that was the movie I think that Shalama Shalama M Night Shyamalan Shyamalan uh, should sell himself off of, and yeah. now he is. Yeah, now he's putting together a whole franchise with it based off it. Was Ten years later, he's like, "Hey, you know that one movie I made at the, <laughs> my, at the dawn of my career? Shit, maybe there's something to that." I mean, Signs was it was okay. It was it was funny. I, I actually enjoyed it the first time I saw it, and then I like started breaking it down because I, I'm just a bitter old man at this point because of the water bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah but it, it, uh, but again, strong performances. Yeah, if, I think that's why I like. If it. you can say anything about Shyamalan's uh, consistency, is that he can always get the most out of his casts. Yeah, but when you've got even a, in the bad movies, when you've got stellar acting in a turd flick, there's only so much that that can hold up. Well, that, that's true. And no, that's why when uh, when I heard that Split, a lot of people loved it. I'm mm-hmm. wondering if it's because he didn't put his name in the title. Mm-hmm. So, like, the regular casual moviegoer was like, oh, this is a really good movie. M. Night Shyamalan made that? What the because, fuck? Because they weren't expecting it to be, like, another... Um... That's like going to see a good movie and then you see directed by Uwe Boll. Yeah. Oh, I'm waiting for the day. Uh, he, he apparently wants to make Guardians 3. In fall. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Uh, well, And I don't want to hear you that. You didn't have to hear it. You could have read it on Twitter. <laughs> Where all the good news is broken. Oh, <laughs> Even if it's 10 years old. Uh, God damn. <laughs> anyway. 
Yeah, but he's he's always been able to get uh, get a lot of good juice out of his uh, out of his actors, and I don't know. I think it was him taking a step back from himself and trying to hammer out like a screenplay and getting into a, getting into that like um that primordial that primordial headspace that he was in when he wrote Sixth Sense and Unbreakable. Yeah, I want to know what changed. I mean, did his ego just take a, like a beating and he's like, all right, I got to back to actually write. Well, what was the last movie he made before Split? I. Uh, he tried. Was it he tried to the, the girl in the water. Or what? Uh, no. It, oh, from hell. No. 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 Uh, I think. Well. Okay, you're gonna have to double check this, but I believe it was the Last Airbender, the film version. Oh God, that shouldn't count. <laughs> well, here's the thing. The last the Last Airbender was one of his creations. He thought yeah. at the time he was like, okay, well, this is apparent. This is apparently doing well as a franchise for Disney. Maybe it should be a movie. Ooh, maybe it should be a live action movie. Wait, who can we get to do this? <gasps> I know a thing or two about making movies. <laughs> Maybe I should take a stab at my own characters. And then the movie fucking flopped. <laughs> okay, so before Split, it was The Visit? Hmm. And then after Earth? Devil was actually pretty fucking good. I remember De- seeing that. Oh, that's that's what I was thinking. Devil. That was a good movie. That's the elevator movie, right? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. And then Last Airbender. Then Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. So, okay, he did a couple movies between Devil and Split. Oh, but look at the big difference here. He did not direct Devil. But produced and wrote. Huh. He wrote it. Okay. All right, well, this is good stuff. To know. Ugh, Wayward Pines. Leave that off. <laughs> oh, his television. The television show. Yeah. Well, the thing is that it was based on a series of books that I had actually got to read before it became a television show. And I'm like, you guys fucked it all up. <laughs> <laughs> this, oh man, you, oh. Mm. I know that the person that wrote the books has to be like, yes, this is exactly what I envisioned. Because it's, uh, okay. At Where's least, my paycheck? At least the checks are good. <laughs> <laughs> so Glass, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to that. It's, uh. I, I don't want to say how could it go wrong. Oh, it can go very wrong. It could. It, it could be. It could be Shyamalan like uh, biting off more than he can chew again. But hopefully, he's maintained that mood. You know, right? Uh, the, the thing we watched the trailer again today, and I noticed in the trailer something that that was very heavy and unbreakable. I'm not sure if it was like this in Split, but did you notice the use of color just mm-hmm. in the trailer alone? I mean, the, the purples, the greens, and the yellows, they were all over this movie. And obviously, each color is representing a particular character. Yeah, right. I mean, in one part, there's they're in a comic book shop, and it says, heroes, and it's in green. And it's and in green. Villains, and villains, it's in purple. purple. Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, that's a little on the nose, but sure, why not? I'll roll with it. <laughs> yeah. So it's not, yeah, it's not, he's not, he's not Edgar Wright, but hopefully he's not, you know, late 2000s. But Chinese that's a comic stuff. book thing, to, like, incorporate color into the story. Color theming, yeah. Yeah. Right. But... There, you can't, you can't easily lean into the tendency to over fucking do it. This is true. For instance, the grim dark universe of Zack Snyder is the textbook um, of over fucking doing it. Oh God. Yeah. Well, let's stick in comic books and uh, let's go to uh, a trailer for a movie where actually none really, of us really expected to look forward to, and now we're like fucking yes, we're going to see every inch of the, yeah, inch take, out of this. Take my money, please. I, yeah. I want to see this instantly. It's Shazam. Yeah. <laughs> I, the, the first promotional picture that came out, it was uh, it was Shazam and the, the the other boy character standing outside a convenience store drinking a soda at the same time, and yeah, and I was looking at it, I was like, that suit looks goofy. This, I don't know what to think. And then the trailer dropped. Yeah, 
The it's, trailer was like one of the more awesome things of the entire weekend. It's every bit the cinematic uh, the cinematic um, representation of leaning into the skid. I, I I loved it so much, mm-hmm. and the whole time, it felt like something both new and extremely familiar at the same time. It, it, it it's because we've seen so many of these comic book origin stories. It's like, all right, you got bit by a spider. Okay, mm-hmm. you got gamma radiation. Yeah. Okay, you got hit by lightning by okay. a wizard. What? Yep. It, they, it, it has a like a, a really Guardians of the Galaxy vibe to it. I, I'm thinking James Gunn actually directed this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? I, I think a movie like this couldn't have been made after Guardians. Which this is true. I that, would that was, highly doubt that. That was one of those movies that pe- people are going to think about. Uh, people are going to think about going forward as the movie that made comics safe for Hollywood. Because wow. it was yeah, such, that's true. because it was such a ludicrous premise, and I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna like, uh, I'm still gonna play the trumpet of like the Dark World making movies safe for Guardians of the Galaxy. That movie doesn't get enough credit. But Guardians, talking tree, talking raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine <laughs> trying to pitch that to a movie executive who's never read Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy comic books. Like, exactly. What? That was the movie that brought back Howard the Duck to Hollywood. <laughs> And people actually were cool with it. You know, I think he was on his way back at one point or another, but that the Guardians of the Galaxy, it's like yeah. absurd, 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 Howard the Duck, absurd, yeah. absurd. Yeah, but but I think Shazam, I believe, is going to, I think they're trying to position this movie as the one that's going to make comic books safe for DC to get into. This And DC needs this. Yeah, exactly. They need this. Yeah, because comic books are nothing but high concept. And when you like strip, when, when you're trying to like, quarantine that away from what people think of as i know what people think of as like acceptable for live action or more sellable to uh to a casual audience and it's like well fucking you're not you're not giving comic books their due you're taking away what makes them our mythology you know yeah so this could be uh this could be like mildly steering out of the snyder lane and into the john's world which Apparently that's uh, there. There's a shakeup uh, occurring. It's it's. Uh, I've heard of that. It's like this. a story right now. Yeah, where yeah. Uh, where Johns is basically the Kevin Feige of uh, of DC, and he's uh, at, at least writing the ship. Now mm-hmm. that ship might still have a few holes in it, but at least it's uh, it's seaworthy at this point. Yeah, that's why I'm. That's why I have the the some optimistic hope for Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same idea. Yeah, because I, I, honestly, Aquaman would not have been made a few a number of years ago. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised Aquaman's being made now because it's it's not only like post uh post comic book quarantine era, but it's also it's still Aquaman. That, this is true. <laughs> but know? if you're gonna give um, Justice League members their own movie, uh, it would cyborg movie would be really hard to do. Uh, we've done Wonder Woman, Batman. Really? I well, I think so because like he had his start during well Justice League, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that was his that was his initial exposure. Yeah, but I think your your choices at that point are either someone new, mm-hmm. Aquaman, or the Flash. And Flash is all over CW, so that's probably why he hasn't had his own movie at this point. I'm still kind of bitter that they made that move. I, I think that yeah. that was either the producer or Snyder going, "Yo, this is my movie. I do what I want." <laughs> and DC was just like, well, you're the only guy available. <laughs> Until somebody else at DC was like, are you fucking high? <laughs> that was Jeff Johns. <laughs> that was Jeff Johns. Like, this dude? <laughs> really? <laughs> Not that, uh, yeah, I'm being a dick. But 
I think is this the three hundred guy. <laughs> I mean, there there would have been a really cool opportunity to to, uh, to establish brand unity there, and they were just like, ah, no, let Snyder do what he wants to. <laughs> um, Snyder three hundred was not a bad movie, was it? No, I enjoyed three hundred. Yeah, its okay. sequel is kind of crap. There was a sequel. Yeah. Ooh. Well. It- <laughs> All right, getting into the history portion here. Mm-hmm. Um, the story of 300 is the Battle of Thermopylae, where it's the, the Spartans and the 2,000 other Greeks that were with them mm-hmm. uh, taking on this very small, narrow pass of the Persians. Okay. Uh, the second 300 movie is the is the battle that a lot of people don't know about, and that mm-hmm. is the sea battle that went on. Yar. Yeah. The, uh, I think it was Athenians or... Another city-state of Greece that uh-huh. they were bo- basically naval. They were the 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 boat the the sailor version of the the Marines who yeah. were the, the Spartans. Yeah, the Marines. And uh, they were basically um, just fighting off uh, Persian ships uh-huh. the whole time, and right. they were very successful. But that's what that movie's about. Yeah, it was. I mean, it took as many liberties as the first movie did. Yeah, I mean, the first movie was based off of a fucking Frank Miller novel. It's, he's yeah. not known for subtlety. I'm best. not sure if this was based <laughs> off of one of his books or not. It might three hundred. Yeah, three hundred was Frank Miller. No, no, no. no. I'm talking about uh, the, the, the second three hundred movie. Yeah. I don't think he wrote a part two to three hundred. Well, I think that was I when he started. Right. Uh, that was when he started transitioning into crazy old man Frank Miller. Well, I think he's <laughs> always been crazy old man. It's just he's a step below uh, the other crazy wizard guy that. Uh, Wrote for Batman. Oh, Alan Moore. Alan Moore. Alan Moore. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> He's just a few drugs less. It's just age plus creativity. That's what create. That's that's how loud personalities are born. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that a lot of what Miller's got going on is heavy conspiracy uh, obsessions, yeah. and uh, that's kind of why it's difficult to listen to him nowadays. Um, and then there's a. Uh, let me see. So there was. We were just talking about fucking three hundred. How did we? Yeah. Oh, the state of DC Comics and such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, also announced was another kind of a surprise sequel and a surprise kind of ninja announcement of another IP that Universal's working on. Or who is it? What? For Godzilla. That is uh, Warner Brothers for uh, worldwide, aside from Japan, where yeah. Toho still has the yeah, death grip there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, and they're doing something. They're doing a... A multi, they're doing a multi or um, branching IP project called the MonsterVerse. Oh yes, which apparently at some point they're going to try to make King Kong work out with Godzilla, and they're bringing in a lot of Toho monsters, which would be great if they brought in. You know, Gamera's not Toho. I realize this. No, but God, I wish he was. It would be cool. I, 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 I would see a, I would see a modern day Gamera movie. It's okay. (laughs) 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 Flying saucer like rocket feet and all. Just bring him in. And let's start off by just having a movie with as many, well, not as many. There's, uh, I don't know how many monsters are going to be in this. I think it's just four, but it's going to be four of the big ones. Yeah. Well, let's go get Godzilla. Godzilla. King Ghidorah. King Ghidorah. Ghidorah. I think it's Ghidorah. Ghidorah. Yeah. Whatever. Man. <laughs> fucking, he's got three heads. Yeah. Um, and none of them know how to pronounce his own name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It'd be funny if they all have, like, Tom, Dick, and Harry names. Yeah. <laughs> The one Ghidorah is like, it's Ghidorah. Excuse me, left side. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> and the other guy's like, oh, whatever. It's all vowels and syllables, dumb fuck. The right side is the drug-taking hippie. Yeah, fucking nerd. He's, he's fucking... always got the head whipping around yeah. with a loose wire. Guys, are we supposed to be like, kicking this other big lizard's ass or what? I don't, I just, I'm going to lie down. <laughs> and then he just goes with 
Uh, Mothra. I mean, uh, Mothra looks like it's going to be in it, and Rodan. Rodan. Ro... However you want to say that. He looks like he's in it. I don't know. Ask the center King Ghidorah head, and he'll <laughs> tell you. While popping on his thick rim problem glasses. You know... <laughs> Rodan, he's kind of like the the one monster. He stands up, hi guys. <laughs> he's like he invited himself to the party. Well, look, he's presenting clearly right here in this image. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look at my wingspan, bitch. <laughs> Don't you wish that you could take flight like me? <laughs> You want me to stop? Yes, please. All right. Oh, okay. love of God. So, so another thing that I wanted to mention about, this is why I'm going to go see this one. Um, I had like very little, little interest in the original, not the original, but the first Americanized or the right. resuscitated Godzilla movie in this franchise the, because- The Brian Cranston one. Yeah. I mean, how do you take your, uh, how do you take your headliner and kill him off in the first 12 minutes? Well. I haven't even seen the movie and that's how pissed off people were, were about it. The spoiler was going to not stay contained. But this one, uh, this one is a, uh, the, uh, it's got a cast, man. This yeah. is a cast in a fucking half. <laughs> I mean, Millie Bobby Brown, uh, that's 11, right? Kyle Chandler, Vera Farmiga, who was in, you know, Conjuring, and she was in Bates Motel, and is, uh, like, I think the modern day template for MILF. You can cut that out if you want to, but it's true. <laughs> it's fucking true. Um, Bradley Whitford, who is, who I'm probably in love with. He's like the modern day, um, he's like the modern day answer to, um, Dabney Coleman. Okay. Cabin, Cabin in the Woods. Uh, he was also on The Good Guys. Well, you'll know him when you see him. Yeah. Um, Ken Watanabe. <laughs> yeah. And it sucks that the only thing I remember him from is Batman and Robin. I know he's done other stuff, but he was just like such a glaring quirk with that movie. Like, you, you, you're better than this, man. All right. What else was he in? Uh, he was in Inception because he works with um, he works with Nolan a lot. He's in Detective Pikachu. Please, to, oh, he's not the voice of Pikachu. No, the voice. No, it's Ryan Reynolds. Which I know we we didn't get Danny DeVito, but he was an island do- Isle of Dogs. You wouldn't have recognized him right away because he's not a puppet dog in real life. Well, <laughs> Jesus, God. have you seen that? No, I haven't. Oh my God! No. As, as a dog person, I was crying. Oh. Oh, because there's dead dogs in it? All right, well, I'm not going to see it. All right, so, yeah, Watanabe's in there. And uh, a name that um, stuck out to me in this list, uh, where the hell are you? Charles Dance. Because any time we get more of Charles Dance is a good fucking year. I keep waiting for the retirement announcement or seeing his name in a hashtag. (laughs) Well, when he showed up in the trailer, it was like, Tywin Lannister? What the? Oh, that's you're not that character anymore. That's right. Well, before I saw him as Tywin Lannister, I was like, holy shit, it's Brother Nipsey from The Golden Child. <laughs> and then the other half of my brain was like, oh, you idiot, he's done other movies. He was the assassin in Last Action Hero. Come on. Oh, yeah. Put yeah. it fucking together, man. Oh, my God. Um, this is a hell of a cast. I mean. So, yeah, there's that. And I want to see how they're starting to uh, how they're starting to get their uh, their MonsterVerse uh, moving, because as far as I knew, I thought like King Kong was universal still. Uh, King Kong. I got to look that one up. I don't remember who has the rights to King Kong. Yeah. By Warner Brothers. Brothers. So there's a Kong made by Legendary, who is also making uh, the Godzilla. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. But here's the thing. It's an attraction at Universal. 
Yeah. Well, that doesn't mean anything. Well, Harry Potter's Warner Brothers is fuck. So yeah. there's also an attraction. I you know there's something going on there. There is. Oh, and here's something I learned. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if I've actually said this on the podcast or not. Um, the Simpsons mm-hmm. at Universal. Yeah. Is not owned by Disney. Even if the deal with Fox goes through, uh-huh. they will have no say on that attraction in any way. They won't own the Simpsons IP at all? No, they'll own the Simpsons IP. They won't have any say on the attraction. Because of a grand- grandfathered agreement? Because Universal did not sign a contract with Fox. They signed it with Matt Groening. Oh! Oh! Oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why every time I looked at a report saying... You shady bastards. Yeah. Every time I looked at a report, I kept seeing, oh, the, the ride's not going anywhere. It's mm-hmm. not being affected. It's not part of this deal in any way. I was like, uh-huh. well, yeah, because they're talking about the IP, but how are they... Why are they so sure how, nothing... How are they getting this on the slide? And you that's, fucking, that's what I saw. What is, you uh, slick suits up to? Graining, he's, he... Signed away so, his life for this. Graining's, yeah. Graining's part of the Warner Brothers Universal Bleacher Gangbang. Which I couldn't understand because I thought when he started up The Simpsons, mm-hmm. he started up The Simpsons as a property he could give away to Fox because he didn't want to give away life and hell. Yeah. So I, I'm still confused about how this works. Oh, you're going to have to ask him about that. And he might not be in a position to tell anyway because he's got something else happening. Oh, Segway! Oh man, that's like that's at least three for five today, right? That's not bad. Let's go for five at that's, some point. That's a good record. All right, okay. Disenchantment. This yes. is a new series that was announced. Mm-hmm. It's going to be on Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. And I've heard it's uh, the best comparable way to think of it is The Simpsons meets Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Which well, that's the tagline. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> is it the tagline? Well, wait. Now, wasn't somebody selling it? Oh yeah, John DiMaggio was uh, pitching it as that. Is he a critic? No, he's one of the um. He's oh, yeah. oh, he's uh, one of the voice. Oh, the actors. Yeah. Okay. He plays King Zog. Oh, umlauts. I hate him. Uh, King Zog. Kneel before Zog. Zerg. King Zorg. Oh yeah, it's got that little umlaut above it. Yeah, so that's with yeah, the Zug. Umlauts are detestable. Zug. Like you can say that World War Two is the worst thing that Germans ever visited upon our planet, but I, I might, uh, I might uh, break form with you there. It's the umlaut. The umlaut. Yes, because nobody knows what to fucking make of it. <laughs> At least we know where the Nazis stood, right in a big mountain of shit. But umlauts, <laughs> umlauts are the devil you don't know. Let's see, uh, Abby J- Jacobson. Uh, I don't really. I do. There's a, there's a couple of recognizable names in here, and if okay. if you're not like a voice acting nerd, several are going to stick out anyway, like Billy West and Maurice Lamarche and Tress McNeil, who I, apparently she's still alive. <laughs> That's Dot Man. Yeah. Yeah. She's been at this for a while. Well, she's done... Oh, man. She was on Simpsons a lot and Futurama. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, she's a lifer. Here are the names that are sticking out to me, though. Like, because we were talking about, like, the B- the incestuous uh, nature of uh, of uh, B- uh, English show biz. Uh, Noel Fielding, Matt Berry, and Rich Folker are on here. Right. And those were guys that were all in, like, the IT crowd or Snuffbox or some other shit probably written by uh, uh, Graham Linehan or uh, Stephen Moffat or somebody else. So, Batberry, I'm, I'm a huge fan of his because he's, like, fucking uh, weirdly talented mutant, that guy. Um, and he's got a show on Netflix right now called uh, The uh, Toast of London, which is fucking hilarious. Oh. It's h- hilarious and very bizarre, but, you know, it's him. Um, and uh, the other two, funny as fuck as well. Never seen them in, like, voice acting roles, so intrigued by that. 
I love how, uh, let's see, one of the executive producers is going to be Bill Oakley, who was a showrunner for The Simpsons during a, couple, a number of years oh, during its golden era. Legacy carryover. Yeah. All right. So, and Josh Weinstein is also executive producer. Um, let's see. I know he, he also worked on The Simpsons. Not, mm-hmm. No shocker there. I mean, yeah. show's on for 30 plus years. It's... <laughs> Gonna it's have, it's gonna it's, have some people. A lot of a lot of famous shoes have passed between its have passed through its revolving door. Right. right. I, I love how when we saw the trailer for it, we decided, yeah, let's do some research on this. Mm-hmm. We went to our my first initial is thinking, all right, let's go to Wikipedia. No, wait, let's not go to Wikipedia. Let's go to IMDb and look up this information. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they showed like two writers, and one was Matt Groening. Yeah, because of the because of the created by credit. My mom has a longer IMDb list. <laughs> Than, than the show? Yeah, than what we saw for Disenchanted. Yeah. It, it was almost nothing. So, yeah, now we're looking at Wikipedia and um, maybe it's right. Maybe it's not. I don't know. And sure. Then, well, here's the, here's the one name that pretty much everybody else would be able to recognize from just looking at the cast list, and that's Eric Andre. I think I think his attachment to the project is more or less uh, uh, not carrying it, but is, is providing a bulk of the promotion. Okay. Yeah, because he has the show on Adult Swim. And he's cut his finger in a, his fingers in a lot of pies. So that's uh, disenchantments. Um, some more yeah. animation stuff coming back, but um, I was trying to think of a clever segue between disenchantment and Harry Potter. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, English accents. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Hey, you know what else has English accents in it? Harry fucking English limey ass Potter. <laughs> The wizarding world of bad dentistry. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is? We actually have a couple of UK subscribers. Oh, we do? We do. I, I didn't mean that thing about the bad <laughs> dentistry. I mean, I recognize it, but I'm not making fun of anybody. Uh, well, what if they agree with you? Yeah, it's too late for that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy's already over there like, Matt fucking Barry. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it sound like Johnny Havoc? I don't know. <laughs> Because I'm not an actor, goddammit. Throwing up two fingers. <laughs> I don't know what that voice was. It was, I, whoa, that one. <laughs> that, was, that was Dobby in his rebellious teenage years. <laughs> Throwing up two fingers, bitch. Shag off. Whatever they say. I don't know. Uh, Cable Bolly Juxford, bitch. <laughs> that works. <laughs> that works. <laughs> See, yeah, crimes are growing the wall. I, I know you're not. Too big into Harry Potter. I can tell you that um, for the wiz- I'm a big Wizarding World fan, and this looks like it's going to be incredible. It looks just fucking awesome. The even first though first time I heard the name Grindelwald, I thought of um, Brian Doyle Murray saying, "Put it over there with the others, Grindelwald." And I was like, "Oh, it's not vacation. It's not Chevy Chase." No, I, I had a feeling that's where you're going. It's somebody else. Yeah. It was a slow build, but yeah. I liked it. it <laughs> Thank, was you. Good. It was good. Thank you. Thank you. Is that like the polite clap that stand-up comedians, if they like tell a good joke that doesn't have impact, but the audience claps anyway because they're like, we get it. It, it yeah, was good. It's the pity. You tried. It just didn't hit as hard <laughs> as your other ones. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like a nice. <laughs> so, okay. All right. Okay. Well, let me bounce. Let me bounce some outsider, like fucking muggle side questions sure. off you. Who the fuck is Grindelwald and why are his crimes so bad? Okay. Grindel- Grindelwald. Grindelwald. What, Aside I, from the wife beating. Thing, uh, <laughs> no, that's him. the actor. Uh, oh, oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and by the way, Disney still employs him. Without any problems. It's, that whole thing's a fuckaroo. Yeah, Don't get me is. started. It is. Um, 
Grindelwald was like the big baddie in the Wizarding World before Voldemort. Okay. He was basically the guy who inspired Voldemort. Um, and oh. there's like a little bit of a background between him and Dumbledore. Uh-huh. All right. Um, I don't want to spoil it for you if, if it's something you'd ever want to pursue and like try and find out for yourself. So Grindelwald was like uh, Zach Wild to Voldemort's Kirk Hammond. I'm sorry. Who's the guitarist from Metallica? Uh, they've had a couple. Uh, Kirk is. So it was Kirk Hammond. Yeah. Okay. All right. Unless I'm thinking of the wrong fucking band, which would be really embarrassing. No, no, you you did. It's just okay. <laughs> it's uh almost one fifteen in the morning. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So the, the synapses aren't clicking as fast as they should be at this so time. The arithmetic was uh was uh, it was a bit syrupy. I got it. Okay, so Grindelwald. Yeah, he's so, an inspiration. Yeah, yeah, this takes place before the the Harry Potter mm-hmm. timeline. Uh, right. This is like um, what is this? This is like somewhere around nineteen twenties or thirties. Mm-hmm. The first movie uh, of the um, Fantastic Beast series that they're doing right now that took place in America. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like seeing how wizards interact in the American sense. Yeah. But now this one is like going across the world. Like I, I think most of it happens in in France. Cool. Um, there's a li- there's a lot of lore that's still going on. I can't really explain a lot of it without uh-huh. either one spoiling it or two sounding like a jackass yeah. because it's completely way off yeah. wrong. And it, but and an outsider like me like me can only guess at shit. Like what did he do? Did he like cork a snitch or did he like? What was the one? He wants to control the wizarding world. He thinks that uh, the the magic folk should rule over not only other magic folk, but over muggles. But over the muggles as well. Yeah. That's not really crimes. It's just an agenda. Well, he commits some crimes. Oh, he has to act on. Okay. All right. It was good. All right. I was thinking also, like, maybe, you know, aside from that, like, he had also, like, uh, left, um, I don't know the characters' names. Never mind. There's a, <laughs> Never mind. There's a thing called the Deathly Howls, which is basically three MacGuffins, uh-huh. and they're going to play a big role in this whole series. Ooh, MacGuffins. Yeah, so there's like the, the they're Infinity Stone, uh, Stones. Or oh, MacGuffins and MacGuffin. Yeah. The Infinity Stones and MacGuffins. Yeah, so basically, yeah, it's like a search for these three things throughout the whole movie, and oh, we had them the whole time, or something like oh, that. Oh, that's weak as shit. Don't do that. All right, whoever's writing the screenplay for these movies, don't fucking do that. It's not J.K. Rowling, although she, I think she gave like a massive thumbs up to it. So, uh-huh. yep, I'll prove this. This is All part right. of canon, All right. even though it's not based off a book. All right. Well, good. That's Grindelwald. Um, and then, uh, let me see, we've got, coming up as well, there's a bunch of TV shit. Yeah, let's, let's talk some TV. Disaster in the Wizarding World to Disaster in the Future with Carl Urban. <laughs> Okay, how about... All right, so fantasy was a big note at the Comic-Con. Fantasy was a big note at the Comic-Con with uh, with Wizarding World and Disenchantment, and Disenchantment being like... Well, that's different because it's a TV show. Um, but, there, oh, but, but there was a lot of TV show talk as well. Oh, yeah, there was lots of that. just that. Okay, so uh, one that kind of uh, took a lot of people by surprise, uh, to, uh, for better or worse, I'd like to say, was uh, Buffy. There was a revamp. Yes. Um, and I'm going to get this out of the way right now uh, because it kind of hurts a little bit. I never watched Buffy because I caught a couple of the uh, first few seasons when I was, a, you know, when I was a teenager. And I was like, ah, this, this doesn't enthrall me in any way. 
But this isn't my thing. Yeah. It's got to be like, it's got to be like taking a blade between the shoulders for Firefly fans. Oh. To know that the only way they're ever going to get Firefly back on the air is probably as a remake now. Sorry, Charles. That's, oh, God damn it. They're like, you're, okay, you're reviving a 20 year old show that we've gotten plenty of coverage of, plenty of content or uh, material out of. Was there a demand for new Buffy? No, because everyone liked the old one. It, it wasn't a fan favorite. It was ubiquitous. Yeah. It's like, okay, this is over. We can move on with it, our lives it's like now. One of those, it's one of those watershed nerd. Uh, nerd uh, 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 entities that like everyone will, everyone gravit- gravitates back to when they talk about like excellence in television storytelling and stuff. Yeah, it wasn't my thing. I can dig that other people dug the shit out of it. I know they did. Yeah, because I was there when it was on. <laughs> <laughs> so and it it had a pretty lengthy lifestyle too, right? It like- had a life. It had a really lengthy lifespan, and it had a spinoff. That spinoff bled into the 2000s. Yeah. So now it's not even like maybe... When was Angel... Uh, when did Angel go off the air? I have no idea. 2003 or four, maybe? I could look it up, but I won't. Yeah. Not even like 10 years later. And we're like, you know what? Let's just bring this back. Which, by the way, nobody's bothered bringing back the Rockford Files. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you in particular. <laughs> but yeah, no Firefly? More I think than- Dragnet has a better chance at this point. Dragnet did have a better chance. It was brought back. Yeah. And it got its own fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it was brought back twice. Oh, yeah. It, it was brought back as the half comedy with um uh, with uh, Ethan Embry and Al Bundy. I'm yeah. sorry, um, Ed O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It was a half comedy, though. It was yeah. still like a serious procedural. And then they brought it back as like a full-on serious procedural, like really recently, too. Um, but I forgot. It was on a cable network. Um, so I don't remember that much about it. But Firefly. No Firefly for you. No. I, I think at this point, Firefly is dead and gone. I think that's the joke. I think jo- I think Joss is, like, so embittered about it getting taken off of the air and how, like, how its fan base has evolved over time that he's like, you know what, <laughs> I'm just going to let him, like, suffer. That's pretty much it. Which is fine, because honestly, the last movie that, the last Joss Whedon movie I saw wouldn't I great anyway, so, bah. What was that? That was Age of Ultron. Oh. Cabin in the Woods was still pretty good, but, I don't know, Age of Ultron... It was a thing. It was a thing. I think half of his budget was poured into uh, collect calls because, man, he phoned the living shit out of that. (laughs) (laughs) The best moment in that entire movie, and the only one that I remember, was the Hulk flinging Ultron out of that plane at the end because it made me giggle a little bit. The rest of it was, like, completely paint-by-numbers. Ultron did have a bit of a, like, snarky attitude that just didn't fit. Yeah. Oh, come which, on. Which, which really sucks, because if you had to pick a guy to provide the voice of Ultron, it you could have done, like, not a whole lot better than James Spader. I think James Spader deserves yeah. to be in there somewhere, but yeah. probably not as Voltron. Uh, as Ultron. I almost said Voltron. Oh, James Spader Voltron would be pretty fucking pimp, though. That would be. <laughs> the self-aware of Ultron. <laughs> how the, now, how the hell am I holding a flaming sword? And it's not melting my little, oh, my hand is a lion paw. Look at that. Will you look at that? It's funny you say that because the original Go Lion, uh-huh. when Voltron it's first a, it started. Was a mouth. I know. When, when Voltron first started mm-hmm. in Go Lion, he was sentient robot. Really? Yeah. And then no, he no got. Shit. And then, like, uh, uh, 
the goddess of the universe saw that he was getting too greedy and split him up into five lions. He, there's too much sass in that robot. Yeah. All right, you know what? I've had enough of you, snap. So yeah, James Spader <laughs> would have been perfect for that. You know what? You know what an attitude gets you? I turn you into five felines. <laughs> <laughs> there's some heavy Greek mythology um, <laughs> undertones to that too. That's yeah, pretty, that's pretty cool. Uh, Are you allergic to cats? Guess what? Ching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is truly stupid o'clock. So that's the van- that's Buffy's uh that's Buffy's remake. Yet another remake. Yeah, and there was no trailer or anything. It was just an announcement yeah. basically. And I, I bet Sarah Michelle Gellar was like, "What? Really?" I mean, I'd be. <laughs> but then again, you know, there's like uh, it's it was such a vague weird announcement. I think it was like put out there just to get traction. Yeah, it know? did seem like a rush job. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, 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 no Buffy. Like about, like about two weeks ago, Joss Whedon was like, what if I bring back Buffy? What's Firefly? I forgot about Buffy. Never mind. <laughs> what if I bring back Buffy? <laughs> and then somebody was sitting next to him, you know, and they're both like high as shit. And they're like, you should announce that at Comic-Con, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no cast, no outline even. You know, I bet what it is is a studio came up and like, all right, we got Comic-Con coming yeah. up next week. What you got? Uh, 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 Buffy reboot. Yeah, throw that onto the plate and then a couple of other buzzwords and then we'll fling that out at whatever panel. <laughs> we'll fly you out to San Diego yeah. tomorrow. Joss happens to be on during that day. Well, thankfully, other stuff was announced at the same time. So, uh, Clone Wars Returns, uh, except they made a bid in an actual trailer along with their surprise yeah. announcement. Um I think this is going to be for the new Disney subscription service when it starts up. That's a that's a smart move. And I knew f- the first time I heard about this, I'm getting it. I I don't care how many subscription services I already have as of right mm-hmm. now. I'm getting this one mm-hmm. just because of the backlog of everything that's going to be on it. Um, but they're gonna they're gonna have to be. Uh, speaking of the uh, the subscription service itself, they're going to have to like place a really nice with the other vendors they've already gotten in bed with. Because right now I'm watching, well, you know, I'm watching DuckTales on your view. Yeah. Yeah. But they've also got stuff. Well, that's, that's exclusive. Okay. That's not a subscription service. That's basically. That's just cable. It's just cable. Yeah. All right. Think, think of it like that. The the PlayStation view is, is one form and the subscription service is a different form. Okay. I see. All right. But they still have a lot of their stuff on Hulu and a lot of their Marvel properties on Netflix. Right. Um, I would suspect that say goodbye to everything on Netflix. Right. At some point. Yeah. And yeah. since if this deal with Fox go through, they will own 60% of Hulu. So the majority shareholder. Yeah. A lot of their stuff is probably going to stay on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably in small, smaller chunks. If you want everything, you got to get the Disney service. I which mean, they're not going to be short on what to watch. That's I mean, for damn sure. Wouldn't they be worried about like Hulu cannibalizing their subscribership? Well, you know, what I thought was because they're going to own 60% of mm-hmm. Hulu. That they should just take control of it and, hey, here's an infrastructure. It's already set up. Let's just convert Hulu into the Disney service. And then move that all over. But then the other, yeah, 40% would probably be like, uh, hi, we're still here. Yeah. Maybe put out the pasture. Or they would, well, NBC has got its own streaming thing. That's true. CBS does. CBS does. Ugh, God damn it. The fragmentation. This is why people stop liking cable, dickheads. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that and it. We all know service this, sucked. Yeah, we all know this is going to go. Um, but Clone Wars, I don't know a whole lot about Clone Wars because that was after I stopped being into Star Wars, I guess. From what I understand, this Clone Wars is a continuation of the uh, original animated Clone Wars series. 
And it's going to focus more on the actual clones and less on the Jedi, even though the trailer I saw was very Jedi heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, friggin', I mean, Luke was in it, wasn't it? Uh, not Luke. Um, Anakin. Anakin was in it, Yeah, yes. Anakin, Kenobi, and uh, Asuka were in it. And uh-huh. um, Asuka? I think that's her name. Is it spelled like Aska? I don't think so. Hmm. I just know that everyone listening to this is just screaming at their podcast player right now. All right. Well, if you're driving, it's not going to hurt. It doesn't hurt us any. You're just going to like lose control of your vehicle. Yeah. All right. It just caused yeah. massive and for our older, for our older listeners who are starting to get, get sparked up, you're just going to have a heart attack. <laughs> eat care, right, kids. Take care of yourselves and eat right. Yeah. yeah. That's another big one. Um all right, so Clone Wars, Judge uh, Judge Dredd, Mega City One, ah. rounding that out, and I know I should have seen the goddamn Dread movie already. I've heard <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen at some point. <coughs> I just need to Netflix. See, I thought I thought it was good with Netflix because they had it on for like a, they had it on for like a Coke and a Smile, and then it was gone. Yeah, by the time. I, I think that's where I watch it, because I didn't see it in the theaters. Yeah, and apparently it was really good in the theaters. It was like one of those movies that like made a lot out of 3D. Which sucks, because those are so few. Yeah. <sighs> Especially the 3D stuff at theaters needs to stop. I mean, it's not I, it's not a selling point anymore. I, I, I still watch them. Actually, actually I, will still, I will still see a 3D movie depending upon what the material is, or what the source mm. material is. Yeah, that's a big, uh, yeah. big factor. Like um, any movies that get upgraded for 3D, just mm-hmm. get the hell out of here. Like, Infin- like Infinity War in 3D was pretty much fucking baller. Black Panther was not. Really? I don't know if it was just the theory, the 3D that was done on Black Panther because that was naff as shit too. But the thing is, is that it was shot very traditionally. So it didn't really maximize the gimmick anyway. Uh. But here's, here's what got me about it. The, the depth, um, the depth rendering in Black Panther's 3D was so fucking bad that whenever anybody was talking on screen and it was close up shot, it looked like it was just a texture over a flat uh, mesh. Ooh. It was horrible. And, like, Peter Serkis, he's always, like, gaping in that fucking film. So it looked like he just had, like, a big red morphing blob on the front of his, <laughs> on the bottom of his face that couldn't get washed off. And he's used to that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We're used to seeing Peter Serkis, you know, fucking... Andy. Or Andy Serkis. Peter Serkis? I don't know. Is it Peter Sellers? Peter Sellers. Andy Serkis? Yeah, he's dead. Yeah. All right. <laughs> You just imagine him as Golem. <laughs> I want to. I think some fan art's going to have to happen. Now. He's a combination in- uh, in- Inspector Clouseau and Golem at the same time. And Doctor Strangelove. Oh, Doctor- no. He keeps... <laughs> My precious. <laughs> it's all visual gags now. Sorry, back to Judge Yeah, Dredd. we need to put these back on YouTube again. <laughs> Sorry, um, and yeah, Judge Dredd, I need to see, and we're it's it's on the docket, it's on the docket. Don't worry, it'll happen. I I highly suggest you have to see it. It's, yeah, it's Carl Urban was perfect for yeah. Dredd. Um, and the funny thing is that like I I I'm like I'm like totally cool with the uh, the Sylvester Stallone Dredd too. Like I love the shit out of that dumbass movie. I I know you are in the minority for that. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I, and that's not saying I think it was crap. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I am saying it was crap. It, it was crap. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was crap, but it was that really deliciously comfortable crap that you got used to in the 90s, you know? Um, I think it had too much Rob Schneider for my taste. I think that's what hurt There it. was a disconcerting amount of Rob Schneider in that movie, yeah. wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. I think that's what hurt it for me. If it was just 
Stallone doing everything else mm-hmm. without his little sidekick, I think it would have been fine. The Dreadmeister. <laughs> Dreader. Okay, that's old shit. That's old material. Uh, I didn't have a problem with him taking his helmet off. A lot of people that mm-hmm. got, that pissed them off. Well, the thing is, is that that's like central to judge lore. They're never supposed to take their helmets off. Right. But it's Sylvester Stallone. He's yeah. not going to walk around with a helmet on the whole movie. Right. That's how you, that's how that star power is is obtained. You concede a whole lot. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, that's just weird. You know what I, was, what I thought was kind of funny though about uh, Comic Con is that we didn't seem to see a whole lot of like video game news or anything like that. Yeah, because that a lot of that comes out at this time. Uh, well, I mean, there's it, it is chasing down E3, but. Maybe some surprise announcements here and there, and I didn't hear a whole lot of a, a whole lot, whole lot about anything. Yeah, you showed me the uh, what was it a fan made the fan made trailer for fun, fucking Fallout Miami. Yeah, which, I thought that was real at first. Which long time I think long time listeners to this might have uh, um, uh, uh, might have heard me mention before how like how weird <laughs> it was that Fallout with all of its um, political theming never never went near the Bay of Pigs Cuba thing. Yeah. Which was very much a huge situation. At oh, the, oh, that was very nuclear. At the, at the setting that the Fallout universe takes a lot of visual cues from, you know? Yeah. And somebody somebody cottoned onto it and they're like, yeah, why the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> There's literally for like a good chunk of years in the 1960s this part of the country was under constant nuclear threat from Cuba. Yeah. My, like what the hell? <laughs> my dad's family built a Fallout shelter. Yeah. Like a little one in the backyard. So some somebody was like, all right, we're going to make this large-scale story mod. It takes place in the uh, southeastern quadrant of Florida along the Miami coastline. Yeah. And that looked pretty great. Um, as far as mods usually go for Bethesda games, it's going to be gorgeous. And it's going to be, like, well-considered in terms of, like, set pieces, uh, world design, uh, custom models, shit like that. And it's going to be short as fuck. You're probably, <laughs> probably going to be able to kill the the whole thing in like 60 minutes. And it'll but, take you no time at all. But this is fan-made, right? It's fan-made. That's why you can see. H- how long are these things usually? How long do they take to make? Well, no. How long do they usually take to play? Like about an hour. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. They're, they're, they're not long at all. Like Compared the, to how many hours for a normal Fallout? Uh, <laughs> forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're still playing. I'm still playing fucking uh, Oblivion, dude. Like, I started 3, and I started New Vegas, and I like New Vegas more than 3, so 3 kind of has taken, like, a far backseat to anything else that I'm doing right now. Um, I haven't even started 4, and according to most people that I've talked to, 4 is not really worth getting into anyway, unless unless 76 tanks hard, but I am all about 76. I can't wait for that shit to kick in. Um, But yeah, Fallout Miami looks crazy interesting, so I might just, I might install Fallout 4 just for that. Yeah. Get it while you can, I guess. <laughs> get it while it's get it while it's hot. Um, and then, uh, well, as far as like any other video game shit comes out, I don't know. Anything that's happening this quarter all boils down to tomorrow, which is officially fucking Wario Day, and then nothing else. <laughs> oh, I do want to ask, like all the listeners, if anyone has played uh, Octopath Traveler, mm-hmm. uh, is that uh, Octopath Traveler yeah, for the Switch? Uh, I thought yeah. I was saying it wrong, but yeah. I'm very interested in this game. I know Jay's played a hell of a lot of it. Every time I turn on the Switch, he's online playing it. 
demo on your Switch. Um, yeah, there I have the demo, but I'm actually considering getting it. But oh, I also like a fresh perspective. Yeah, completely 100% fresh because I have also haven't played uh, Bravely Default, mm-hmm. which is is that like a sequel or is like a stylized sequel of the two? Uh, they're unrelated as far as I know. Oh, okay. I, I thought mean, they had something both, to do with each other. They're both square. I don't know. I couldn't get into Bravely Default, unfortunately. Okay. Um, Octopath looks it looks really promising. Yeah, from from what I've seen, my, uh, Leash has played the demo a mm-hmm. number of times, and she's just drooling over. It's like, can we get the game? Can we get the game? I want yeah. to get the game. I want to oh, get the because game. Because in the demo, you can actually take uh, separate like job tracks. You can actually play the demo over and over again up to a certain point. Yeah, but because you're given a selection of jobs at the beginning of it, it's never it's not really. the I same I think game. you have to select a particular role. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Or yeah, something like that. Um, so I'm I'm good I'm strongly considering getting it. So that that's not playing in a factor. But what I want everyone's opinion of the game. Like give us a rating out of like one to ten. Uh, I'm interested in what other people have to say about it. So I'm very interested in that. Uh, another game I've been playing. Um, <laughs> I was playing. I visited Star uh, Toys R Us before it closed, and I got three games. <clears throat> one of them was Shadows of Mordor. Oh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, excuse me. Shadow of War. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. And I'm putting that game on the back burner <laughs> because the concept of the game is you go from one village to the next and not really village, uh, forts, uh, camps that are at inside the land of Mordor. Homesteads. Homesteads, yes. Habitations. <coughs> excuse me. Neighborhoods. And uh, they're all occupied by orcs. But what you do is you can go in there and you can recruit orcs into your own army and you can get spies, you can get generals, and you can get war chiefs, and get like all you can build up an army to basically take over this particular fort can, area. Can you get kobolds? You're welcome, Jay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he actually listens to these. Uh, probably not. Probably. I'll, I'll let him know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send him a telegram. Well, the, the problem with this game is well, one thing I actually like about it is it doesn't hold your hand. Mm-hmm. It says go in there and do whatever. And there are quick time events, but they don't exactly tell you what you have to do during the quick time events. You see a, an X pop up and like, oh, do I hit the X? Nope. You got to hit the X or double tap it or circle jerk it and then hit it. I don't know. It's some of the things they just don't tell you what to do. What kind of game is this? This is a this is a game I'm not playing at this the moment because an orc. I built up my army, and you're going through the raid process where you have to crash through the walls, uh, go through like all the waves and waves of enemies, and then you take on the you chieftain of the entire area. Shit. Yeah, you got to wreck shit. Basically, the from what I did not know is this raid you have to do in one sitting. You can't die or anything um, because i had like one of these uh killer wolves jump on me the quick time event came up i mm-hmm. didn't know what to do it was like uh no no oh, oh and then i'm dead yeah and when i died during this i lost all my generals all my spies all my soldiers i lost everything even the kobolds i lost even the kobolds <laughs> not the kobolds damn you <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I lost everything, and I was so pissed off. I literally put the game on the shelf. It's like I'm gonna come back to you much, much. I was gonna later. say you didn't literally put it on a back burner because that's a fire hazard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I paid good money for this game. So even if it was at a closed down Toys R Us. So it was. Uh, is that Toys R Us still open? No, no I think gone. all Toys R Us are gone. All right, now. they're all gone. Damn, I missed it. Unless you live in Canada. Um, yeah, you Canadian bastards. Um. 
get all the good shit. So, no, uh, what I was uh, going to say is that it's one of those games where before you get to properly wrecking shit, you got to build a lot of your own shit. Yeah, there's lots of building and, and recruiting involved, yes. And if you don't build your own shit to wreck shit properly enough, then the shit that you're trying to wreck will wreck your shit back, and then you get to start all over building your shit again. You'll be sitting in the crap. Yeah. Oh, I see. That's good. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> very good, very good. Um, I don't know. There's, a, I mean, we hadn't gotten any news from video games and stuff, and there's like a lot of little indie announcements, but that's kind yeah, of been consequential. This time of year is kind of like the slow, the slow season for video yeah. game announcements. It's closer to the fall when uh, it's like, hey, this game's coming out for Christmas, yeah. and you can buy it for your kids. Yeah. <laughs> type deal. And, and if there's anything that I like caught my eye in the last week or so, it's going to be like on my little, I keep like a little list of like, you know, small games. Oh my god, this list has got to be a mile long. It's got to be the list of Jericho. Yes, it's uh, my wish list on Steam. Have you seen it? <laughs> no, I'm afraid to look at that. You'll laugh. Game one, you'll, arm bar. You'll, you'll get a chuckle. <laughs> you'll get a chuckle. No, I think it's longer than li- than uh, Jericho's list of holds. <laughs> but yeah, uh, if there's anything else that, uh, that happened, I don't have access to my computer right now. Clearly, we're not doing a pixel mixer this week. Nah. So... Yeah. And we're going to let Jay do his uh, 52 weeks of Tiki next time he joins us. Mm-hmm. Um, we did start a series that better. We, uh, we're, we're going to put it on our YouTube channel where Corey and I uh, react to news bloopers. This, <laughs> this is something that's going to be a lot of fun for us to do because... Very we, near and dear to our personal lives. Yeah, we, we both spent a number of years in TV news, live TV... And so when we watch other people screw up, it's kind of funny to us, <laughs> especially when we know exactly what probably was the reason. Because we find Sakor and others pain. <laughs> and uh, we'll be taping some of these pretty soon. Um, unfortunately, we did tape a couple episodes today. And I haven't told you this. Um, we can't use them. We can't use them. Why? Because when I changed over the playback settings on my computer it uh-huh. it screwed up with the audio settings on OBS so it did not record any audio from the video we were watching oh my god uh. i know we we recorded like two or three episodes all right well you know what but right. this is going to be something a lot of fun for us to do yeah I'll tell you going what, forward next next time i'll be in a better headspace for it probably too yeah we i mean we did it as a warm-up for this podcast and we, afterwards we're like you know what that was fun let's get, we weren't in the mindset for the podcast now we are yeah <laughs> clearly we've gone on for 90 minutes well we can't think of a better way to sign off than that yeah we feed off your dialogue, so we ask you... And to, misery. And tons of misery. <laughs> we, we're like vampires for your misery. Yes, it sustains us. So we're going to ask you to like, subscribe, and engage us in the comments on anything talked about today, either here on Twitter at Cretans Guild, or, you know, we're also on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We're also on Facebook, but, you know, fuck Facebook. It's, it, yeah. I, we're not on Pornhub yet. We, but we're looking into it. We're looking into it. Yeah. They, they keep denying us. Yeah, we're like too wholesome <clears throat> or something. Blow it out I don't ass. buy it. No. <laughs> yeah, they keep giving me like Arrow 404. I don't know what Honestly, that means. I think I, th- I think it's because my boobs aren't big enough. That's why they're cutting Mine are. They're just hairy. Yeah, I know. I was actually kind of uh, counting I'm, on you to... to yeah. They're not a fetish for that? Hairy, big man boobs? Oh, there are. They're, see, the thing is, I think they're just playing fast and loose with us. They're just like... 
I don't know. Okay. There's something going on. You, you read that last line there while I'm, I'm going to be singing. All right. So to all My of our followers, brings out the new to the and God, old, their life we say welcome to the guild, new... Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I can teach you, but I'd have to charge. That's a... Oh, wow. I'm going to bed. <laughs> But not after drinking down like half a fifth. Uh, here's some turpentine. Oh, thank you. This podcast is part of the Somebodies Network. You're never alone when you've got some buddies. Hi, I'm Drew. I'm Nate. And I'm Tanner, and we are the hosts of Headline Heroes. Every week we take a bizarre, out there article, Germans build underground pipeline for beer, and attempt to create a superhero or villain. The obvious one is that they have a giant robot that runs off of beer. Along the way, we discuss powers, design a costume, and of course, struggle with a name. Graham Graham Sam Sam? No, no. Graham Graham Sam Sam? No! And inevitably, we get off subject and talk about the really important stuff. I did go to Bill Engvall's website and i just want to tell you a couple of things i'm seeing here. please do i wish you would but we always arrive with the super creation we are proud of join headline heroes every tuesday as we try to make reality a little more super